Hey everybody, I just wanted to welcome everyone to Chopping It Up with Jordan. Uh, today we're going to be chopping it up about mental health in the black community. And before we get into everything, I wanted to put a slight trigger warning on this episode only because I know that mental health is, you know, it can be a touchy subject, it can be tough to hear, it can be uh, tough to talk about, and I don't, don't want anyone to be blindsided, and so I just i going to put that disclaimer out there. We will be talking about mental health. Well, my goal for this episode is to hear about how the pandemic has affected black college students and, and just people in general, but mostly in the black community. And I want to also compare how we handle mental health here in 2021 and how mental health has been perceived and, and dealt with in other eras like the 60s. And to do this, I we will be talking to college students here at North Carolina Central University, and we'll be talking to them about um, the way that the pandemic has affected their mental health, uh, the things they're going through, how they're coping. And aside from that, we're also going to be hearing from a special guest, my grandfather, and he'll be talking to us about um, how he dealt with his mental health and how mental health was perceived in the 60s when he was growing up. I think it'll be great to um, to really unpack the way that mental health has been perceived and experienced over all these years. Um, just, you know, because I'm a part of the black community myself, I know that mental health can be looked at uh, differently than maybe it is other races. And I think it'll be really, um, I think it'll be really cool to, especially in times like this, when we are seeing a decline in young men- young mental health, this is a great topic to uh, to touch on, and hopefully by the end, everyone listening can take something away from it. And you know, if your mental health is on the decline, hopefully you'll find you'll find something in this podcast that'll bring you to peace. Maybe you won't feel as alone by the end, and and if you are, you know, you'll find a way to cope. Maybe one of our speakers will have something for you that you can take with you. Um, and that's the goal. And so I just hope everybody enjoys it. Get you a drink, get you some popcorn, keep back and relax, because we're about to chop it up. When discussing mental health, who better to ask than the people who are said to be suffering the most? So for this next segment, we'll be talking to several college students here on North Carolina Central University's campus about the mental health and how it has either um, gotten better or gotten worse over the course of the pandemic? From the pandemic, uh, I think, you know, it kind of allowed us to first, at first, uh, you know, slow down and then just kind of just take a step back and really uh, think about, you know, what, what you want to do next and mm-hmm. how you want to go about it and things of that nature. Uh, but also, I think it has been negatively uh, affected, affecting my mental health is at least um, because, you know, when you come back to school, it's kind of like you're sitting in front of a computer from nine to five all day, uh, or it just seems as though the work, or let me not say it seems as though the work is different because, you know, I can't, I'm not in front, I'm not sitting in front of the teacher. I can't get that, you know, face-to-face interaction. It's just something about that virtual space that just makes things a little uh, complicated uh, in the classroom and outside of the classroom, like in organizations as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's just it's just hard for going from everything in person to literally everything online. And now, you know, we're in that phase where we're transitioning back and forth or, you know, we're trying to open back up. But I mean, I definitely think that there has been some positives and some negatives, but I can't confidently say, you know. Um, how would you say your mental health was affected during the pandemic, whether that be good or bad? Actually, during the beginning of the pandemic, my mental health was really good. Like, I don't know, I was in a space where I was by myself and I was able to really like take time to focus on myself. I was able to uh, think clearly and have peace of mind for the first time in a long time. Um, and it wasn't based on what everybody else was doing or anything. During the pandemic, I was able to be like, kind of selfish and think about myself. Um, so, I, was, I don't know. I feel like I was honestly my best self in the beginning. Um, That's good to hear. Towards the end of 2020, well, yeah, my mental health kind of did a slight decline. Well, towards the like last few months, my mental health did a slight decline. But it was more of like after I started coming back around people, <laughs> uh, which is crazy because I never dealt with It felt new again. Hey, Davion. Uh, during the pandemic, we've seen a decline in college students' mental health. Um, I just wanted to ask you if you've seen. Um, if your mental health has been affected in any way, good or bad, during the pandemic? During the pandemic, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, my mental health was definitely down in the dumps because that was when we were first beginning to be in solitude and by ourselves for extended periods of time, not knowing when they'll let us out or when we'll be free to go and hang out with people again. A year later, we're basically still in that same predicament, but this time I'm on a college campus and not in some new town I just moved to. So with my friends that are here and the people are around myself, my mental health has picked up, but not to the state it was before the pandemic. But I still... I love hearing from college students because, one, they've been so affected by the pandemic, and two, I can always trust them to keep it real with me. So I hope that you all enjoyed hearing from them and really listening to their real responses, you know, raw, uncut, and just telling you exactly how they feel. Let's keep it moving. And for my next segment, I wanted to bring I wanted to bring on someone who's not from our same era, who can talk about mental health on a different scale. So I just wanted to bring on my grandfather. His name is Gary White, and he'll be talking about mental health, um, and what it was like growing up um, in the fifties and the sixties dealing with mental health, how people coped, and just his thoughts on it and how he handled it. So kick back, relax, and Listen to Gary. Um, what year were you born? Can you tell me your name? 1957. Okay. So during your adolescence, did you ever go through a time where you could say you were maybe, you know, depressed or very anxious or just at a low point? I was never depressed. Okay. Uh, I was a bit shy. You okay. know, I, I, you know, I. I was afraid to do some things, you know, like being in front of a whole lot of people, that sort of thing. But no, I was never depressed. Okay. And, you know, during times when you could say maybe, you, not, maybe not depressed, but just had, you know, a lot on your mind or things like that, did you ever feel um, 
did you feel comfortable, you know, talking to your parents about those things? Or was it more kind of like you felt like it was no. something you could handle yourself? No, I, I, don't, I don't think I felt comfortable talking to my parents about much. I would talk to my brothers. Okay. Yeah. So you said your parents weren't really questioning you a lot about, um, like, your mental health and, you know, not just how no. school. No. No. So back back then, how common do you think, you know, going to therapy was or, you know, suicide, things like that? Like, how often do you think you were hearing about that? How often? Like, do, uh, they, like, do you recall hearing about, you know, people taking their own life or that be like on the news or maybe even, you know, people you went to school with or? Not, not often. Not often. Um. To be honest with you, you hear more about the white kids, you know, killing themselves and being depressed than the black kids. Okay. Yeah. So when it comes to being depressed or having those type of feelings or thoughts, like what would you say would be one of the best ways to really, like, cope with that or get help? Like, do you agree with therapy and, you know, psychiatric assistance? Do I agree with therapy? Yeah, like, do you think that, like, it's as effective as they say, or the medications and things yeah, like that? I guess so. Um, I guess some therapy would, um, would work for, for some. You know, I, I don't think there's no 100%, you know, guarantees for, for anyone. Everybody's different, you know. But I, I think therapy probably works for some, you know. Okay. I, like I said, that's not something that as a kid really dealt with, you know, and I didn't know nobody who needed therapy, you know, maybe they did, but I don't think it happened. Okay. So, but you do think that, you know, mental health issues in don't really affect the, the black community as much more white people. So to um, say. No, no, I, don't, I, I, I think it does. You know, I think it does. We just don't recognize it as, readily as you know I mean I think today you do but back in my day you didn't recognize that you know they have the, these pills and, and stuff that they they give you now they didn't have that when I was a kid you know and there was probably a few people that probably could have used some kind of therapy or something but again you know that, that stuff wasn't available for us so back then what would you say would be like the the ways to cope, you know what I'm saying? Like um, back then, the the ways to cope. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Drugs. You know, I smoked a lot of weed. You know, um, I'm I'm just just being honest. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we had we had. Um, uh, guidance counselors at school and all that, then I, you know, you could probably talk to them, you know, but uh, like I said, I don't know a whole lot of people that, that, that went to a therapist or anything. Okay. Now, that's not to say that they didn't. We just didn't they, know. Yeah, we just, it just didn't happen. 
For our next segment, I want to talk to someone who has a history of working with black men and dealing with their mental health and also helping them progress into the productive grown men that we expect to see in our society. And so to do that, I wanted to talk to Dr. Heath, the director of the African American Male Initiative here at North Carolina Central University. Hey, Dr. Heath, with you being um, the director of AAMI and working so closely with um, young men in college, I'm sure you see like a lot of fluctuations in mental health, especially during the pandemic. Um, what are some things that you've realized, um, if any, you know, with people being at home more, it, the education and learning processes being different? Um, yeah. Well, I think for me, see, I've been doing this work with black males for the last 20 plus years, you know, working at different levels from working with men that are incarcerated to working in public housing, to working in um, just low-income communities. So I've seen it at all levels. Uh, I think for this year, what I know is COVID and black men this year is that uh, black boys kind of went into a shell and COVID defeated them, right? It broke them down. I've seen students, you know, not going to class, not engaged, just not happy or in their own little bubble. Um, I've seen a lot of black men who are are scared to tell their whole true feelings, right? They're walking around holding it in. And I've also seen some young men go the other way, meaning like they got into drugs and smoking and drinking, things that they wouldn't do, all because this pandemic has, has kind of slowed down their daily routine. Um, but on top of that, we've had a rough year as far as COVID, the Capitol riots, different murders on TV, so... You imagine being stuck in the house. It's like watching a scary movie over and over and over all day long. Yeah. It would drive you insane. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm seeing with these young men. I definitely understand that because, I mean, just from seeing my peers, the way they've talked on social media and things like that. So I definitely understand I'm seeing with my own eyes. So what do we do to get them back on track? Or, like, or just black students in general? Like, what steps can we take? Well, I think for me... My office has been open all through COVID, right? Right. One of the only, uh, some offices have, but I would say this office had the most traction as far as like being open for these young men. And I think for some of them, this was their safe haven. This was their space to communicate. So like being accessible. It's being accessible. Yeah, being accessible. Giving them a place to come. Like, even though we had uh, COVID protocols, we never had any outbreaks. uh, Thank God. But we were able to, to... discuss issues, you know, we were able to see which young men were struggling the most. So I think I've learned that young men need a space to be heard. And sometimes as the director, you know, there's going to be some foul language. There's going to be some stuff that you might not agree with, but that's not my place to correct it every time. They know, they know how far to go, but I have to let them be like, you can't heal the problem. I don't want to come and be Mr. Fix it. I got to see the problem and see what it is. And that's the only way you can help these young men be successful. And so when you talk about mental health, like, they just in here laughing and loud. So right. that's a blessing. This is a young man somewhere on this campus ain't laughed all semester because he's not engaged in nothing on campus. So, you know, laughter is good. When you're older, you have a better understanding of yourself, most likely. When you realize a change in yourself or you just don't feel the same, you're feeling different, you're able to assess those things and most likely, you know, move forward and kind of figure out what you want to do to kind of get back to the way you were. Maybe you can talk to someone. But when you're younger and you're feeling things that you've never felt before, 
and you're just going through things that just are so new and so foreign. You don't know who to talk to and you don't know how to properly convey and explain yourself because one, you're so young and this is also something completely new to you. And when those things happen and you can't properly explain what's going through your head, what's making you feel a certain way, the people around you will have a hard time helping you because you don't really know how to help yourself. So for this next segment, I wanted to talk about a nine-year-old girl in Rochester, New York, who was experiencing a mental health episode. And instead of receiving the proper care and attention that she needed, this young black girl was handcuffed, put in the backseat of a police car, and pepper spray. When we're growing up, we go through a lot of trying times, and most of the time, we don't know what to do or how to handle them. When I was growing up, I was one of those kids who didn't know how to handle the tough stuff life threw at me, and stuff was getting thrown at me at a young age. I dealt with anxiety starting as early as the fifth grade, but at the time, I had no idea that's what it was called. On February 1st, a nine-year-old girl in Rochester, New York, was having a mental health episode. Her mother called 911 because the girl was being suicidal and said she wanted to kill her mother. When the police got there, they cuffed her and ended up pepper spraying her when she was already in the back of the police car. When I heard that, it broke my heart because she's just a kid and instead of getting the proper help and attention, she was pepper sprayed as if she was some kind of criminal. All she needed was some understanding and a listening ear. I just couldn't imagine being handled with so little care while going through such a hard time. It really makes me think about how law enforcement is trained to handle these situations because the way he acted on impulse, you would think he wasn't trained at all and it's upsetting. I would be lying if I said I don't think her being black played a part in why she was handled the way she was. But that's, but that's a discussion for another day. The officers involved in the incident have been put on leave, but I feel like police need to undergo better training when it comes to mental health, especially when it comes to children dealing with mental health complications, because I believe it's even scarier when you're young. You really don't know how to handle it or how to help yourself. Having people around you who are supposed to help you hurt you or pepper spray you is just counterproductive. Well, y'all, that's all I have today. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening to me chop it up with just a couple people in in our community, a couple of college students, um, a director of a very productive program here on our campus, and my grandfather. I just hope that you were able to listen to this and kind of get something from it and just realize the effects that the pandemic has had on people, the way the mental health has been viewed and perceived um, or coped with over the years in different eras and how our law enforcement has frankly dropped the ball when it comes to handling mental health, especially in young people and people of color. Um, I just appreciate, appreciate everyone for tuning in. And hopefully you'll come back and listen to me chop it up some more.